During World War II, Joseph Mengele was a medical officer with the SS. The SS started as a group of Hitler's bodyguards and would later turn into a secret police force for the Nazis. It was in 1943 that Henrik Himmler, who was the head of the SS, called on Mengele to be the chief doctor at Birkenau, the extermination camp at Auschwitz. Joseph wanted to prove himself and advance his medical career, and he did this by engaging in human experiments, becoming known as the Angel of Death. Hi, true crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Don't forget to hit subscribe. I'm your host, Melissa Lancaster. Joseph Mengele was born March 16, 1911. His father worked in the farm machinery business, actually founding a company that produced the machinery, Firma Carl Mengele and Sons. His business was in the village of Gunsberg in Bavaria. Joseph would prove throughout his life that he was highly intelligent, but definitely evil. Studying philosophy in Munich in the 1920s, he was a passionate Nazi and enjoyed the ideas of Alfred Rosenberg. Alfred Rosenberg was editor of the Nazi Party newspaper. He modeled his ideas after an English racist, Houston Stuart Chamberlain, and the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, which according to Britannica was a 19th century fabrication concerning a supposed Jewish plot for world domination. According to Rosenberg, the Germans descended from a Nordic race that derived its character from its environment a pure, cold, semi-Arctic continent, now disappeared. He felt that the Germans were entitled to dominate Europe. Joseph Mengele, believing in these teachings, received a medical degree from the University of Frankfurt, A.M. Maine, enlisted in the SA, Assault Division, and in 1933 joined the research staff at the Institute for Hereditary Biology and racial hygiene in 1934. While Joseph Mengele was the chief doctor at Birkenau, and if you don't remember that from earlier, that is the extermination camp at Auschwitz, he and his staff monitored the incoming captives, the Jewish, for either labor or death. He also supervised testing and medical experimentation on the captives to increase fertility. He stated his goal was to make medical advances to increase the German race. He was extra interested in twins. I suppose he could have felt that they would double the birth rates, but after reviewing his experiments, he was just sick and disturbed. Ten-year-olds Eva and Miriam Moses were among the twins that endured these horrors. They were stuffed into a train car a cattle car, in Hungary and clinging to their mother, taken on this train to the selection platform at Auschwitz. While still on the train, a SS guard noticed the girls and asked their mother, are they twins? 
and their mother, probably looking for any way to have her children spared, replied, Is that good? He nodded and pulled the children away from their mother, crying and screaming, never to see her again. They were only five. The girls were taken to Joseph's special program, an inhumane medical experiment that was cruelly conducted on thousands of twins of all ages, but mainly children. Joseph and his team's experiments on the twins included torture, disfigurement, and exposure to disease. One twin would be used as the control subject, while the other would have to endure forced insemination, they would be injected with disease, and have body parts amputated. Sometimes, they would even be murdered. They would take the twin that didn't make it through these horrors for dissection, murdering the surviving twin for the same, to medically compare their deceased bodies. Eva and Miriam were in the camp for nine months before, I hate to call them lucky, because no part of this atrocity was lucky. But luckily, they were liberated and survived their ordeal. Eva would describe their horrible ordeal later on, stating that on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, her and her twin, along with other pairs of twins, would be placed naked in a room for six to eight hours. This was when data would be collected. They would measure and compare every part of the twins' bodies. On Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, the SS doctors, or professional victimizers as I like to think of them, would take Ava to a blood lab. Tying her arms behind her to restrict blood flow, they would take a large amount of blood for testing out of one arm and inject a minimum of five unknown substances into the other arm. In one instance, after she received these injections, Eva became very, very ill. She described a high fever with swelling in her arms and legs. She had huge red blotches covering her skin, and the sun was burning her. She was taken to Joseph Mengele that day instead of having her measurements taken. She heard him say that she was going to die and that it would take about two weeks. Imagine being five, possibly six years old, knowing what this would even mean. She was taken to hospital barracks for the two weeks where she was only able to remember one thing. Unable to walk, she remembers crawling across the floor to try to get to a water faucet, fading in and out of consciousness, telling herself that she must survive. The brave little girl was able to fight through, and when her fever broke, she was reunited with her sister. In 1945, when the Red Army liberated Auschwitz, Eva and Miriam were amongst the 180 surviving children. They were sent to an orphanage, but able to locate a friend of their mother's at a local displaced camp. Rosalita Sengeri, the friend of their mother, took them and cared for them until their return to Romania, where the girls were reunited with their aunt, who was also a survivor. Their parents and brothers and sisters had been killed in the camps. 
I didn't find much on Miriam, but Eva lived an amazing life. At 16, the girls relocated to Israel and served in the Israeli army. Eva obtained the rank of Sergeant Major in the Israeli Army Engineering Corps. Eva married Michael Kaur in 1960. He was an American citizen and also a Holocaust survivor. She moved to the U.S. with him, becoming a citizen in 1965. Eva did have health problems as an adult and did believe that they were from her time in Auschwitz. Miriam, still in Israel, developed kidney problems. Eva gave her sister her kidney. She stated that she had one sister but two kidneys, and it was an easy choice. Unfortunately, Miriam still passed away in 1993 of kidney cancer. Eva founded the group Candles in 1984. Candles stood for Children of Auschwitz Nazi Deadly Lab Experiments Survivors. She was president of this organization and remained active in it until her death. Eva actually gave guided tours of Auschwitz. And in 1999, she filed a lawsuit against the drug company Bayer for its part in the human experiments in Auschwitz. They settled and created a $5 billion fund for the Remembrance, Responsibility, and Future Foundation, which is a German federal foundation that makes financial compensation available to forced laborers and those affected by the National Socialist period. Eva also maintained a Holocaust museum in Terre Haute, Indiana, until it was firebombed in 2003. Eva lived until she was 85 years old. She passed away while accompanying a Candles group on an educational trip in Poland on July 4, 2019. She was an amazing woman with an amazing life. The Joseph Mengele's horrors were not limited to just twins. Joseph also conducted experiments on the eyes of gypsies. He would remove the eyes from gypsies that had died or that he had murdered and worked closely with researchers in an attempt to demonstrate hereditary differences in eye color and cure heterochromia, which is when there are different colors in an eye or eyes are different colors from each other, Examples of this would be when an eye has a different color that appears in one iris, or when one iris is blue and the other is brown. Joseph Mengele would also inject the eyes of children with adrenaline in an effort to change their eye color. The victims of these crimes included Jews, Polish, Romanians, political prisoners, Soviet prisoners of war, homosexuals, and Catholic priests. The main reason for the Nazis' obsession with twins was eugenics, the belief that you can improve the genetic qualities of the human population by excluding people or groups or characteristics, you know, deemed to be inferior and promoting those deemed to be superior. Eugenics was not something invented by the Nazis or a newly used technique. It's said that Plato suggested applying the principles of selected breeding to humans as early as 400 BC. Eugenics has been practiced as early as ancient Greece 
And there have been popular eugenics movements in many countries. The United Kingdom, the United States, Canada, Australia, and most European countries over the years. Many countries even adopting eugenic policies. They were trying to improve their population's genetic stock. Some countries using positive measures, such as encouraging individuals deemed particularly fit to reproduce. But there's also been negative measures, such as prohibiting marriages and forced sterilizations of people deemed unfit. Those deemed unfit included people with mental or physical disabilities, or just people that scored low ranges on IQ tests. Nazi Germany tried to defend themselves using eugenics, saying that their eugenics program wasn't much different than the U.S. eugenics program. In the early 1900s, there was a large and dynamic network of scientists, reformers, and professionals who supported eugenics projects. They actively promoted eugenics legislation and the American Breeders Association was put into place. They investigated and reported the value of superior blood and inferior blood. They promoted government intervention in the U.S. to try to make a future healthier society. But feminist groups advocated for legal reform. Margaret Sanger, the leader of the American birth control movement and founder of Planned Parenthood, thought that it was women, individual women, if able-bodied and not the state who should be determining if they have a child. These were important steps in women's rights and our right to do what we want with our body. But in the end, 23 Nazi doctors, scientists, and other senior officials were put on trial for their part in these experiments and their crimes. But Joseph Mengele had escaped to South America. He then married, for the second time, in Uruguay in 1958, and used the name Jose or Jose Mengele in order to become a citizen in Paraguay. He moved to Brazil in 1959, reconnecting with an old Nazi friend of his, Wolfgang Gerhard. Joseph ended up taking Wolfgang's identity, and he had a stroke while swimming in 1979. He was buried under Wolfgang's name, but... Later, his dental records proved him to be Joseph Mengele. It doesn't seem that he ever paid for his crimes, and we can only hope that the afterlife is making him pay for his evil. That concludes today's episode. Stay safe, and remember, evil people are everywhere. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee, Murder, and Mystery. You can find us on the web at www.coffeemurderandmystery.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we also have a YouTube channel. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or contributions, you can email us at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. All references for today's podcast are available in our show notes. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us an Apple Podcast 5-star rating sharing our show with your friends, and leaving a review. This helps us by allowing more people to find our show. If you would like to support our show with a financial contribution, please consider joining our Patreon. 
Joining our Patreon at the $5 level will give you a bonus episode on the second week of the month, as well as a second bonus episode on the fourth week of the month. Or go to buymeacoffee.com for a one-time contribution. We appreciate all of our listeners. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast is solely of our opinion and based upon research that we have conducted via the internet. If you feel that we have represented something inaccurately or unfairly, you can send us an email at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. Thanks for your support.